Welcome back to Victory. What is it? Tuesday, or you're listening to this on a Wednesday, but it's Victory Week, baby. Northern Steel Podcast, episode 56, actually 56, not what I said last week. This is the Alex Highsmith episode, and boy, it feels like it after that game last night, Chris. It definitely feels like the Alex Highsmith episode, does it, does it not? Oh my God, what a perfect time for it to be the real episode 56. Oh, what a great good. game by Highsmith, by Watt. Uh, that's about it. But we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first, uh, we want to welcome you back. My name is Dominic. This is my brother Chris, as always with the Northern Steel Podcast. The first thing we want to do before we get into our normal uh, show of reviewing the the Brown Steelers game with the highlights and our thoughts on it and previewing next week's game is we had the honor and privilege to get to talk to Cam and Connor Hayward's mother, Charlotte. Last year, we got to talk to Alex Highsmith's parents, Pam and Sam Highsmith, and they're great to give us insights on what it's like to be a parent of NFL players and how they were able to raise their children into the stars we watch on the field today. And Charlotte was able to talk to us and give her time to us and and talk to us about the exact same things. And she was great, Chris, wasn't she? Oh, she was fantastic. I mean, just a total class act. It was amazing to talk to her, hear her insight, what it was like being a parent and just like raising such incredible boys and, you know, everything that came along with it. It was wonderful. So no stalling. I know you're here to listen to that. I know you saw the title and you're excited to hear that. So without further ado, here's our interview with Charlotte. With us right now is Charlotte Hayward Wesley. Give it up for Charlotte. Thank you for having, thank you for coming on today, Charlotte. We really appreciate your time and uh, we're excited to hear from you today. Thank you. I'm excited to, to join you guys and, um, Talk some Steelers stuff or about our family. Thank you for having. Well, the, so uh, last year we actually got a, a great chance to talk to Pam and Sam Highsmith, and um, as a parent myself, and Chris is actually a uh, upcoming parent. His wife is pregnant right now. Um, we think it's so Thank exciting you. to. We think it's so exciting to, to to talk to parents about their experience raising these athletes. We watch on TV and we adore, we admire, and I, and I would love to get like a parent's perspective on what got them here and, and how they live their life. That's kind of what we're going to do there. But, you know, first I want to ask, this is fresh off the game last night against the Browns. Um, I want to ask, how's the family? How's Cam doing? How's Connor doing? How's everybody doing? Well, it has been um, an interesting week, to say the least. With <laughs> And injury at the beginning of last week's game. Mm-hmm. He's had surgery. Um, he's off his crutches. And okay, um, he's on the journey to re- his recovery and is planning on being back this season. So it wasn't season ending. So we were really excited about that. Um, Connor is good. A little banged up from yesterday. Um tweak some things that um, he's getting treatment on right now and um, he will be ready for next week's game but um, just a minor injury that um, just needs some treatment and maybe a little time off for a little bit 
Yeah. Now you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, but we need Connor in there more. That's that's my personal yeah, opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> we need Connor in there more. That uh, again, that's from me. So <laughs> but we need Connor in there more. I think he I think he adds a different dimension um yes. to the offense. I think he throws people um keeps them on their toes. Um I think he adds yeah, I think he adds another dimension that can um be unpredictable when he's totally. in so and he has great hands. Very, exactly. And that's something that I always think about. I you know, I think about Steelers greats going back to Heath Miller, how he was kind of Big Ben's safety blanket, and I was like all last year when Kenny was throwing Connor the ball, I was like, that's a guarantee he's going to catch this because he just has such sure hands. So yeah. I always felt like a, a safety blanket whenever we threw him the ball. Yeah. And good hands must be a Hayward trade because I know Cam talks about that all the time when he gets an interception every now and then. <laughs> um, yeah, he's good at a lot of things, but that's uh, <laughs> it. But if he wants to believe, believe that, we'll, we'll let him do it. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so let, let's let's bring it back a little bit. Um, I, I want to kind of go way back because I know that you are from the Pittsburgh area, um, raised, born and raised there. What was it like growing up in Pittsburgh for you and being a part of the Steelers culture from such a young age? Well, growing up here, um, the city is so different now when I grew up. Um, sports has always been the fabric of the city that brings everyone together. Um, be it the Steelers, the Penguins, the Pirates. And I was athletic, so I love sports. And just... I mean, have you guys ever been to Pittsburgh? Yes, actually. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if you've driven around to like the local no- neighborhoods, but whenever I, we have visitors or when my husband first, um, Stephen came to visit Pittsburgh, they're shocked because we keep Steeler signs up like all year round. Um, we wear Steeler gear all year round. Um, we're not just a seasonal thing. It's kind of like when we say we bleed black and gold, we bleed black and gold. Exactly. That is definitely something I've noticed um, in in my job. I'm fortunate enough where I get to travel a lot. And there's no airport like Pittsburgh because as soon as you get in, there's uh, black and gold everywhere. Yeah. All over the place. And I I love it. It's a a great culture to be around. Um, Was there a, a moment for you that hooked you into being a Steelers fan or is that something that you're born into <laughs> being uh, in Pittsburgh? I would say I was born into it. Both of my parents were diehard Steeler fans and my first Steeler game, I was nine, but I think I probably really started watching football when I was about eight and I went to pit football and I went to Steeler games. Um, but my parents were going to training camp. I mean, it's just ingrained. You see people when they have babies, they have the terrible towels wrapped around their baby in the hospital. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I knew what the steel curtain was when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I can go back and, and just name players from back in the seventies and eighties. And my kids are like, mom, how do you know this? I'm like, I grew up like with a Super Bowl poster on my wall. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm about this. Yeah, oh, 
definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, what? Uh, um, you went to Carlo University, correct? For my freshman year. For your freshman I, year. I went to Carlo, which is also my mother's alma mater. Um, but I went there for my freshman year, and Cameron actually got an honorary doctorate from Carlo last year. Oh, awesome! Uh, oh, cool. Pretty neat. But I transferred to the University of Pittsburgh my sophomore year, where I studied sociology. Did you? Um, was your degree in sociology as well? Um, I didn't finish. I have like six credits, and I didn't finish. But it was would have sociology. Six credits. Who needs them? Yeah. You don't need those. <laughs> I was supposed to go back, and then just with kids and everything else, and moving out of state, I have to finish it at the university. Mm-hmm. of the hundred credit limits so i couldn't do it online what i needed and so i'll finish those six credits um if we move back to, to pittsburgh definitely <laughs> i mean you've been a little busy so it's understandable <laughs> a little bit a little busy yeah um i would love to get into uh how you especially now knowing that you went to the university of Pitt your sophomore year I'm assuming that's where you met Craig Hayward. Is that where you guys met when was in college? Yes. Yes. In college. Actually, my freshman year, I met him, became really good friends with him, um, but didn't start dating him until my sophomore year. Is there like a little meet cute that you'd like to share about how you guys met uh, each other? It was very interesting. My friend was dating his brother, uh, who is older, but um, they came to college the same year and his brother nate and um when i first met craig i think he tries he was trying to intimidate not the way you really meet a woman but um, <laughs> it said something very sarcastic and i came back with a sarcastic remark and he was like oh i like her because she's kind of tough so yeah it was a little different we know all about fiery women, don't we, Chris? Okay. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> put you in your place and you're like, all right. All right, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't like the groupie type. I was like, whatever. Like, who do you think you are? Like, whatever. So. And now, and then fast forward and you're married with four kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, when you had your uh, four kids, so um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to remember. Uh, is Craig Hayward Jr. the oldest? He is my stepson. He's uh, your stepson? Yes. He was two okay. when I met him. He was two. Okay, uh, perfect. Two years old, and actually today is his birthday. Um, oh, happy birthday, Craig. A happy birthday. And he and the boys are, like, we don't say that they're half-brothers. They are brothers. brothers. I and love that. Holidays, we're all together, like, my grandchildren from Craig are my grandchildren, so there's eight of them. And uh, but yeah, now yeah, he grew up in New Jersey and would spend summers with us and holidays. Um, but they are full fledged brothers. I love that. So it's it's Craig, Cam, uh, Corey, and Connor, right? Correct. Correct. Uh, as they're growing up in sports, being big Hayward boys, <laughs> did you? Did, did you guys try to do anything to like help them in their sports? Did you participate in camps or, or, or what was that process like for you as they were growing up and playing sports? Well, um, Cameron was a very sickly child. Um, 
he almost died when he was six months old and um, from a water toxification seizure. Mm-hmm. And so I was always very cautious with him. And then he, uh, after that seizure, he developed asthma when he was about 18 months old. Right, right. Um, his asthma was pretty bad. Like we had some um, hospitalizations that lasted about five to sometimes um we didn't know until he was about four or five what he was that he was allergic to things we didn't know his triggers were from christmas trees Uh, he was allergic to everything um he's grown out of some of those allergies but he still can his asthma does come back at certain times um you know his inhalers on the side of the field with the trainers Mm -hmm. um gets a cold um if he's playing in cold weather that, that i'm worried sometimes but he's like mom i got it like i, I, I know what i'm doing okay but he, it, of course it. so he didn't really start playing sports till he was i'd say about eight and then it was baseball and soccer sure and he he was too big for the uniform for baseball so they he wore a coach's shirt <laughs> and <laughs> he, um but then we, he didn't get into football until he was about 12. And he was club and um, was one of the last ones drafted. So we didn't push sports. Um, Cameron loved to draw. Um, we didn't, he loved cartoons. Like we, he was into like drawing animation. He really was not into sports. So we let them develop. Yeah. I, I would say we were never a sports fan. Like if you came into our house, you didn't know what Craig did. Um, right. It was a job. So, mm-hmm. um, and then with Corey and Connor, Cameron was already playing sports. So they started earlier because they were going to his game. So they started basketball and um, baseball and, and football. Connor started at, at seven. Um, and Corey started at, six with football but um we just let them develop i think parents put so much pressure on yes. their kids and there was never pressure um we really didn't do that extra training stuff um i think when cameron it, when it clicked with cameron he was about 14 and even with that it, his high school was new and mm-hmm. I didn't want him to go there because I didn't want the pressure of there were three really good football players, but the pressure of the football program, this new school to be on him. So he went to a different school. He went to a private school and I didn't let him play football his freshman year. And hmm. people thought I was crazy. And I was like, I, I, I don't care. Um, his academics come first. He has to get used to this rigor. So yeah. the football coach tried to, um, he called me, Cameron called me and said, mom, he took me to the locker room and wants me to like go out for practice. I said, I will be right there. <laughs> yeah. Craig and I went up there and said, he's not playing football his freshman year. And he's six, five. He was six, five in eighth grade. Um, wow. And in ninth grade, he was getting hair on his face and this cute kid who had been playing football for three years at that point. Uh, no, maybe two, two years, but he was good at that finally he grew into his body 
And um, I said, sorry, he's just not he's not playing. He has to get used to the academics. So his sophomore year, we did let him play at uh, Whitfield Academy and he made all um, conference. And, okay. Yeah. And then he transferred back home when Craig got sick um, again. He transferred uh, back to our local high school, the one he would have started. And we had to make an appeal for him to go. Mm. And then the journey began. Totally. Yeah. It's um, I, I love that even in a household with um, Craig, who, who had played in the NFL, that there is no pressure still. I think the, I, the, the common theme I hear from parents, which I love as being a parent myself, is that you got to let kids be kids and you got to let uh, kids grow and develop and, and do their own thing and, and be there to have a guiding hand when they ask for more. Um, with Cam being in the NFL, probably when Connor was in high school, um, was that a little different for Connor at all? Or was it about the same? Did he have more ambitions that he wanted to go to the NFL because um, his dad and, and, and Cam have, have been there? Or, or was it the same situation? Kind of just let him do his thing. With Connor, it was a little bit different. Um, Connor didn't play with toys. So since oh. little, like all of our pictures, um, he was like a year old and he'd have a basketball or he'd have a football. Like he just loved sports since he was a little boy, like a mm-hmm. big, and he was good. Like he was really good. Um, when he started playing football, we told the coach when we brought him up to practice um, after they did their draft, you know, there were all these little, well, they usually start at six, but I wouldn't let him start at six because I felt like he needed to control his emotions better before I would let him play sports. <laughs> so, um, at seven, when he started, I told the coach, well, he can play any position you want him to play. And the coach kind of thought I was crazy. And he played every position. He was the quarterback and he'd line up all of the offensive line. If they were wrong, he would snatch them and move them around. And I was like, can't do that. And, and he was just, he loved it early on. Like, and I think his dream was always to be a football player. And I sure. always think, what's your backup? You need mm-hmm. your, what's your backup? But that was his dream. He was like a little tiny talked. Yeah. You know, and that actually brings up um, a question that's a little bit later, but I'll jump to it now because you just kind of had a perfect segue into that. As parents for all your kids, um, what, did you guys always have a backup plan in mind? Did you try to always instill in them if they were if if their dream was always to to be a professional athlete? Is were you always like you need to have a backup plan? You need to study. You need to have something here because that's a one in a million dream, and who knows how life goes? Yes, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're one injury away. Mm-hmm. Your career ending at any point playing sports. Um, It's not a given. So I think it's unrealistic if you don't have a backup plan and, you know, you could even be the greatest athlete, but your path might be deterred from being a professional for some reason, maybe not be an injury. Um, Maybe it could be your choice of college. It could just so many different factors. I mean, I know some great athletes that just never made it to the professional level. Right. 
you know, and what's interesting about that is like, you're right. It's not just an injury that could happen or something like that, but I, I'm a big Jerome Bettis fan. And I was, I don't know if you've ever seen his a football life, but you know, get, they talked big time about how he got into a lot of trouble, you know, in his youth and, and, you know, it's, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd and things like that. And almost deterred him completely from, you know, having that shot at playing in college, having that shot at being drafted and things like that. So you never know the path that, you know, you might get on. So uh, no matter what, obviously you want to encourage and, and, you know, want your kids to achieve their dreams, but it's also good to like, Hey, just in case this doesn't happen, like, we, we want you to be prepared and ready and, and, you know, have a successful life elsewhere. Yes. Yes. So I think it was very important when they went to college that, um, like Cameron was going, he wanted to be a middle school math teacher and he would have been a great middle school math teacher. Um, Connor's degree is in communications Corey's degree is in business. Um, they needed to know what they wanted to do you know, after college, because being professional is, is not a given. And then even when you are a professional, the ball stops at some point in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like here that you can say, you know, you're in the business world for 30, 40 years, or, you know, you're an electrician or you're a teacher, you know, so. Exactly. No, that's, um, those are, uh, very smart things to do. Those are those are obviously. It, it seems like no brainers, but um, I I think that's what's so special talking to um, parents and getting their uh, pers- you know their perception on these things because that is important to to instill in your children to always be ready for what the future can throw at you because mm-hmm. you never know. Um, what when you uh, what was it like to balance? raising these three boys and, and when Craig would come over for some, but so sometimes four boys um, while navigating life's twists and turns with um, maybe moving around and um, you know, sicknesses and, and whatnot. Um, there were definitely times where I felt, whoa, like God, I, I can't handle this. This, this is a lot. Um, you say you're not going to give me more than I can handle, but I was at my breaking point sometimes and somehow persevered. Um, my, my kids say, mom, we don't know how you did it because I think as they've gotten older, especially Cam, he's got three kids right now. Mm-hmm. And I also adopted a daughter named Megan and Megan played sports too. Oh. And so um, she ran track in college at Elon. And Corey played basketball at Georgia Tech. So, like, they all played high-level sports. And right. sometimes I went to two to three games a night, and I would go to, like, um, Megan would have an early basketball game, Connor would have a basketball game, and then I'd go to Georgia Tech for a basketball game. And then that weekend, if it was in the fall, I might be at a football game at Ohio State. Um, it, it It was crazy. Like, and my friends say, I'm built for this. Um, <laughs> ever my life, my life is very unorthodox. Um, I'm always on a plane, but uh, I guess this is where God planned. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was a realtor, so my, my career was flexible. 
that I could um, rearrange my schedule to, you know, uh, be at their games or practices. But I also had a lot. I had a good village, and mm-hmm. which helped me. Um, like when Craig was sick, um, they'd help with my kids, or they'd go to the hospital. I had a great village. So, um, and I was away. I wasn't here in Pittsburgh. I, I was living in Georgia. So, right, village of friends that were great too. Could you? If if you don't mind, could you talk a little bit about life after Craig had passed and, and what that was like for you with this village of people helping you out and, and raising these boys? It was, um, it was hard. Uh, Connor never really knew his dad healthy because I was uh-huh. when the first tumor came or the initial tumor came. And so we had already transitioned our lives a little bit differently. He, you know, after the first tumor, he was able to drive and he helped to take the kids to school, um, participated in their school activities. But um, when he subsequently had the stroke later on, years later, uh, it was hard. Uh, the village had to step in. Um, I had to have, you know, medical professionals help take care of him. And I think, uh, Seeing his quality of life was hard for us, but, you know, they knew their dad was there and supported them. And once he passed, I think they just wanted to make him proud because he was an integral part of their lives and pushed them to be the best that they could be in anything they wanted to do. So they represent him well. Um, And mom at times it was just i had to do what i had to do um to take care of these guys like this is what my responsibility was um when i was world so you know it wasn't easy uh we still have things and like today was a crazy day but um they're very unconventional days uh in the sports world (laughs) (laughs) right right um I hope I'm not overstepping, but I just wanted to give you our condolences to to that. And and um, you, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I tried to do as, as thorough research as I could on with what online is. Um, when you got married again, was his name also Craig and he passed as well? Or is that wrong? No. Classic Google. <laughs> classic Google. Classic Google. <laughs> Uh, but regardless, moving on from that, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, it, back to high school football. Um, I know you briefly talked about Cam becoming all conference um, in football. With with Cam first, did you when he was playing football uh, in high school, especially, did you ever think like, oh, this could go somewhere? This could he he could become a pro with this or not yet? It was too early for that yet. Um. I think I was more concerned about, okay, he can do this in college. Sure. But when I was going with him on his recruiting trips, I started to really discern um, from the coaching staff. uh, I remember when, um, what's his name? Uh, Pete um, from the Seattle Seahawks coach. Um, Uh, Carol? Pete Carroll? When he recruited Cameron to USC, he said, you know, Charlotte, I only recruit first rounders. And I was like, 
<laughs> he was like, Cam's going to be a first rounder. And I was like, how can you tell? And he was like, he, he has the characteristics. I, I can see it. And I was like, okay. wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, is that just your line or do you really need that? <laughs> Are you selling it or what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And recruiting back then um, to now is totally different. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's a totally different world. But when we finally narrowed Cameron's fi last, his final five schools, it was Georgia, USC, Florida, um, Ohio State, and LSU. And on each trip, just having meetings with the coaches, um, asking to see their board, they were really surprised. Um, asking to know what defenses they played, um, where they saw Cameron on the line, inside or outside. Um, did they have junior college kids coming in? Um, was he, I, I really didn't want him to start as a freshman. Uh, didn't know if I, I was okay with him redshirting. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of parents aren't, but I was. Uh, but I wanted to know, so I asked so many questions and they weren't used to that from a mom. Um, but it was interesting, the answers I got. And oh, I bet. Ohio State, when they told me Coach Haycock, who was the defensive line coach, said, I'm going to teach him inside and out, three technique and four technique. Um, so if he does choose and is able to go to the NFL, um, he can play the whole line. And I was like, okay. And there were other intangibles that brought us to Ohio State because of the quality of the coaching. Coach Tressel and his staff, um, mm -hmm. just the whole atmosphere of the program, um, that it was more than football. Uh, it was about his character and raising, you know, because Tressel and I were still good friends. Um, so, but. I hope I answered your question. In no, totally. You actually, and you um, went above and beyond. I, I, I like that you had a, a a helping hand in that process. If you would, I mean, you got two boys in the NFL. If you wouldn't mind, was Connor's situation kind of similar with him going to college? Did you help with that recruitment process at all? Oh, yes. 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 I've always been involved in all four other um, college recruiting because each child is different. Cameron was a... Mm -hmm. Lucia at that point he was you know um like a four star at that point and the stars thing mean nothing because <laughs> most five stars don't actually make it to the pros if you look at the statistics it's mostly three stars i've uh, seen that you know um so but they all got recruited differently in their sports but with connor he was a three star and i think he was frustrated because he was recruited highly as well, but because he played so many positions in high school, he played five. So he actually, wow. uh, yeah, he played um, running back, safety, wide receiver, quarterback, and he was the punter. But like, he never came off the field. He can do that for us now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, so coaches would say he's so good. We don't know where to put him. Um, mm. Going to recruit him as an athlete. And that hurt you as well. 
you know, your jack of all trades, master. Right. Of and I think that's been hindered. It hindered him at times, but it's also proven that he's just a great athlete and he has that, that dog mentality. Like mm. Connor just like, he's a dog. Like he, he just is. <laughs> yeah. But Connor is a dog. Like, yeah, and you can't teach that. No. So that's one thing I, I, I share with parents that try to put their kids in all this training. And, and it's like, eh, if a child just doesn't have that dog, you, you can't you can't put that in there. <laughs> you can't teach that. <laughs> yeah, like we're our family, we're competitive at Scrabble at everything. Like mm-hmm. it's in our DNA. But you know, if a kid wants it, you know, a parent can't make more training can't make it happen. You know, oh, of course. It's amazing that the versatility in high school can be a hindrance in the scouting. I think that would be such the opposite, especially thinking about how he plays on this offense. Put him at fullback, put him at tight end, put him in the slot. He's kind of everywhere. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, we can really put him anywhere and he'll do well. Uh, I feel like, well, why does why is that a hindrance? I, I think that would be such a, a good thing, but I guess I kind of get it too because it's like, well, maybe he's not like the safety. He's not the, you know, running back or whatever. But God, it's that's so crazy to well, me. I think I think that's what we vouch for on this podcast. And this and, and Charlotte, this is no BS. We do. We, we've talked. We talk about Connor a lot in here. We, we love the oh, way absolutely. he plays. And throughout the summer and training camp and preseason, people were still surprised when he made plays. And I was like, were you guys not watching games last year? Seriously, like, he, <laughs> he does. He does this. Uh, this like like Chris said he has he's he's quickly become a security blanket to the team and and it, it has to be the versatility that he can place so many positions that makes people for some reason kind of maybe look past him or forget him but in to us people who are logical <laughs> uh, it's 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 only it only shows how special yeah. he can be and how and how athletic he can be so yeah. It, it, it's amazing. There are times I think he gets frustrated and I have to have a talk with him and, and I'm like, let's look at this. You know, you've always had this wall in front of you, but you've always knocked it down. Mm-hmm. And when we were in college and we had some issues at Michigan State and he was going to transfer and he went into the portal and then came back. Um, I think he, he he always has naysayers, you know, and I say, but but look, when you got recruited to Michigan State, we met with the offensive staff and the defensive staff, and they said, "College." They said, "Connor, you choose. We want mm-hmm. you either side of the ball." Um, when you mastered, you know, well, you were running back, even though you weren't a true running back, but then you were like a great slot receiver, and you could catch the ball in the flat. Like it, it's just he can do so much, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And I like, I know, mom. Nobody just seems like they believe in me. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay. You're, you're, you're going to be fine. You went to the combine. You made the all combine team. I mean, like, look at what you've accomplished, you know? Exactly. And even, even Cam, who is third on the Steelers all-time sack list, is continually, continuously disrespected year after year on, in terms of lists and stuff. Always. Huge. Huge. <laughs> so. Yeah, when even when he got drafted, you mm-hmm. know, they told his agent, 
when he went to the combine, um, he did so well with the coaches uh, when he, in the interviews. He was hurt, so he only did interviews at the combine. Mm. And they were like, "I want him to marry my daughter." Like, like, but they thought he was too nice, so they didn't think he had the nasty in him. Oh well, little did they know. know. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the disrespect is like, you know, his agent said, you know, he was told, like, you know, if he had had some arrest or something in college, it might have looked good on his resume because they don't think he's like nasty enough or bad. And I'm like, wow. That's what you have to do to, to play football in the NFL. So I think well, I hope I hope Cam knows that Steelers Nation loves him and that we we know he's top. He's the tops. We do. <laughs> he's definitely Good. up there. Yeah. Good. Cam and Connor have uh, two supporters here in Minnesota for sure. So uh, if you want to pass yeah, along the message, <laughs> by all means. But <laughs> I, I sure will. Um, you kind of talked about it a little bit with Cam, but how was the pre-draft process? Did did Cam and Connor both share their their conversations with you with their coaches? Um, I, I'm sure Connor did because I, I remember hearing Cam talk about like, oh, I know who Connor has talked to from coaches before he got drafted. So, so did they talk to you about that? Yeah, both their processes were were vastly different because Cameron got hurt during the Sugar Bowl. Yes, and um, tore the tendons in his elbow. So, uh, right after the Sugar Bowl, we were off to surgery, mm-hmm. and so he could not work out. But he did go to Phoenix and train, but he couldn't lift and do things like that. Um, he took his visits to the different um, NFL teams that were interested in him, um, went to the Combine, but only interviewed. And um, then he had his own combine at ohio state mm. and there were about 26 teams there okay. and, and he, so he actually worked out i think in he worked out late but when he had his combine and that's when i first met coach tomlin and coach lebeau and um they came over to us my parents and um myself and you know us being diehard Steeler fans like we were like, they're walking our way. Oh my <laughs> like the gods of football are walking. Yeah. Right? Totally. And um there's an there's actually like a video where you see me talking to Coach Tomlin at this time and you can see my head just going like this. I was like so nervous. <laughs> uh, he was like you know Miss Hayward, we love your son, you know. Coach Tomlin is so intense. And I was just like, yeah. And, and, and he's like, <laughs> now, if your son's still there, when we pick, we're taking him. And in the sports world, you take something like that with a grain of salt, right? Oh, totally. Sure. Totally. A lot of like BS in my lifetime. So I was like, okay, thank you. And I was like, oh, that was just like the greatest experience ever. My parents were talking to Coach LeBeau and Coach Tomlin. And then Cameron did not want to go to New York for the draft. He wanted to go to Disney. And I <laughs> like, no. We're in- I walk around Disney World. 
and with the camera followed. No, that's mm-hmm. happening. So we ended up having the draft party at our house. ESPN was there. And um, back then it was rare. Like now you see it happening for a lot of guys that don't want right. to go draft, but um, he just wanted to be home. So um, we had a party and then it was close. And there were like 12 other defensive linemen picked in front of, in front of them. Yeah. And, um, we got the call and, oh, they couldn't get through to us because Whoa. we were in our basement. In Georgia, you call it your terrace level. We were in our basement. And so the signal was bad and we had an, a carrier that was awful. I can't even tell you the, of the telephone. Rough night to be in the basement. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we have all these people. And so they finally got through to one of his agents and um, gave Cameron the phone and he just started to cry. And I was like, who is it? He was like, the Steelers and our house shook. My parents, like all of our family was there. It was crazy. Like we could not believe it. And we all just started to cry. I'm getting emotional. Hey, I've got goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It was so special because I was worried, you know, as a single mom, I was like, okay, he's going off to the NFL. I'm going to have to go set him up, get his place, get him, you know, situated and everything. And then I had, Corey was in high school and he was getting ready to go off to college for basketball and then Mm -hmm. middle school and and Megan was in high school. And I was like, what is going to happen? And then, um, I was like, he's going home. Like, he's going mm-hmm. good. And he's going to the best team. Like, this oh, is oh, yeah. nothing but God. Thank you. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, you, I will, like, I can't imagine being a, a homegrown fan for forever and then seeing your son reach his, this pinnacle, this dream that you've been, it's so hard for people to attend and it's for the team that you love too. There's like the icing on top, which is so crazy. Uh, and then that happened again. So what was, what was the college or what was the pre-draft process like with Connor talking to coaches? And what was that draft night for him? Well, with Connor, um, his pre-draft process began um, when he was selected to the senior bowl. So we went to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and he performed very well there. Um, I think they had him as a fullback there, even though Coach Tupper and Coach Gilmer had switched Connor to, like, tight end in college. And um, then after the the he, Senior Bowl, he went and trained down in Florida and then uh, got the invite to the Combine, which was awesome. Performed very well there. Cameron and I actually went to the combine and watched him. And um, so seeing him make the all combine team when they only choose like 12 guys, I was like, wow, like you did a great job. Nobody expected that from you, but he showed his great hands there, agility. So, um, and then it was, okay, you know, be prepared that he might not get drafted. Um, he had, his, he had a great time at the Combine, great interviews. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised at his football IQ. It mm. surprised me. Um, there are some things that I've, I've asked certain questions, and he'll, he told me some of his interviews and what they asked of him. And I was like, you knew like that? Like, 
it's just because <laughs> you have to know a lot, especially when you're in tight end. Um, right. You know, but anyways, um, so we were prepared for him to possibly go undrafted. Um, typically, as a fullback, sometimes there's no fullbacks drafted. Sometimes it's just one or two. Right. Didn't know if he was actually going to be drafted as tight end because he's not a prototypical tight end. So we were nervous. He was a nervous wreck and um, had family again, family and friends at our house. And I took the dogs for a walk with my granddaughter, Cameron's youngest. Mm. And we were walking around the neighborhood because I just had to get out of the house because Connor was downstairs with his brothers and they were trying to keep him calm on um, and my friend, Betty Roby, whose son is Bradley Roby, came mm. running to, to, to yell for me. Cause she's like a second mom to Connor. And she was like, oh my gosh, he got the call. He got the call. And I was like, well, who is it? And she's like, I don't know, but he's on the phone. So like I grabbed Kaya's hand and I think I flew her in the air <laughs> our dog, and we're running to the house. And tears are coming down his face. And Cameron is like, oh, oh. And then he was like, it's the Steelers. And he was like, <gasps> what? And then, <laughs> oh, right. so it That's was awesome. It was just amazing. And I think when people say, you know, he only got drafted because he's Cam's brother, um, I'm sorry. There's a lot of brothers on a lot of that have brothers that play football and coach Tomlin and you know the Kevin Colbert they're not gonna like they weren't gonna draft somebody just because he's somebody's brother like you right. have an asset to a team like this is a business so I just think it's asinine that people say that that and you know I gotta be honest uh not about that but like <laughs> It is asinine, but I've definitely had those thoughts. I remember when we drafted TJ Watt uh, in 2017, and I was like, JJ hey, Watt's brother, I get it. I get why I drafted him. We'll see what happens. He's probably not going to be as good. And here I am with my foot in my mouth as he has <laughs> uh, been the, the best defensive player we've had. Uh, so, uh, and with Connor, it's the same way. So, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I feel bad for the younger brothers of these players because they have value. They, you know, they've worked hard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of brothers in the NFL that don't make it to the NFL. So, right. Well, I couldn't be happier that they're both on our squad and, um, and we've enjoyed watching them thus far. Uh, fast forward into the NFL games. How involved are you in their NFL lives? And do you travel a lot for the games or, or do you kind of watch the games from home a lot? What do you um, do? I'd say last year was the most I have gone to NFL games. I've been going to NFL games since I was one. And mm-hmm. because I got married so young. Yeah. I took a break from going like as much because I have family here in Pittsburgh. So, and when I would have to travel for, you know, Georgia Tech basketball games, Elon track meets in Connor's college games. You know, I can always see Cam on TV. So I would go to maybe like three or four games a year. But when Connor got drafted here last year, I think my husband and I, we went to like eight games. Um, We're going to a ton of games um, 
this year. So it's fun because we have two on the same team and um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Now I have the time. Uh, Nobody's in college anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a good time. time. (laughs) That's great. What's uh, what's been one of your favorite moments from each of their careers thus far from Cam and Connors? I think the first time Cameron uh, was selected for the Pro Bowl, Mm. that was an honor. Um, And I think last year when they both played in Atlanta, Cam had the sack and then Connor got the touchdown. That was um, a very special game. Yes. Yes, it definitely was. Mm-hmm. That's something we talked about as well. That was awesome to see from both of them. Yeah, that was a very special game. Very. Um, a little shift here, uh, if you don't mind. Could, could you, I know you're part of, you've got a big hand in the Hayward house. Could you talk to to the people and let them know about the Hayward house, your role, and then some insight of like what you do there. Well, um, Cam and I started the Hayward house in 2016 and it is a nonprofit that we want to impact the youth of Pittsburgh and the surrounding communities. And also part of where they are from in Georgia, in Duluth and Swanee area. Um, and it's many ways as we can. Uh, we believe that the youth are our future and um, with food insecurity, um, we we know the importance of a young man dressing well, um, literacy initiatives. We also um, have programs to deal with um, pediatric cancer because we support some nonprofits that deal with pediatric cancer because cancer is very um, dear to our heart, people who are going through that. Any way that we can lend a hand to make someone know that they matter, uh, Cam and I try to do that. And we have, um, I'm the executive director. We don't have a large staff. There's only like three of us that run this nonprofit. Um, My two um, lovely colleagues, Eileen and Nicole. Um, But we work hard and we are in the community and camp is there uh, as much as he can doing as much for for the young people in the pittsburgh area so um, we have cam's kindness week coming up in october we had to push it back because of his injury Uh, but we're all about just you know helping these kids know that um someone cares about them is is there a way people can uh, help out from who don't live nearby at all. Sure. I was just about to ask. <laughs> um, they can go to the HaywardHouse.org and um, you can make a donation, a financial donation, but we also get clothing donations from all over the United States. Um, men's clothing, uh, like dress attire. So we get suits, dress shirts, belts, slacks just as long as they're in good condition some people have sent us new items um we're always looking for accessories uh like belts and new socks ties but uh that goes to our craig's closet program and right now we have 12 craig 
12, well, Craig's Closet in high schools around the Pittsburgh area. And we set these Craig's Closets up like they're stores. And they make appointments with their counselors and they go in and they get dressed in a suit and tie and shoes. And um, when they have a special event and they take this home with them in their garment bag and these suits are for them to keep. So um, they look great because when we want to teach them when you look good, you feel good. And you have a different type of confidence when you walk into that job interview or you're grad- walking across the stage for graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kids have used the suits for proms. So, um, yeah, but that's definitely we're always accepting donations for the Craig's Closet program. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gained a couple of pounds myself, so I know where to send some old suits. So yeah. this would be great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, finally, what is your favorite thing about being a parent? And what would your advice be to other parents out there? I think my favorite thing about being a parent is just seeing the values that um, I've given my children, seeing them live that out. Um, My kids have all been great athletes, but they're better people. And knowing that, that they will continue to give back and to um to make an impact when i'm gone and so um knowing that i've instilled that in them is is the great thing ever because life isn't about us it's it's about giving and um leaving a a continued legacy beautiful got that chris get that line from that kid's going i was writing it down (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that, Charlotte. Um, In our humble opinion, I think you have done a great job with your boys. Um, Seeing the way Cam and Connor are, especially off the field. Um, You can tell they're good people. And I think you've done a wonderful job as a parent and a mother. Thank you. you. Yeah, I hope I'm loved, but they say I'm pretty strict too. So (laughs) Sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta be. Uh, thank you so much again for um, talking with us and and sharing some insight and perspective from from you about your life and and your children. And uh, if you want to stay on for a quick sec, as I click end recording, I hear that'd be great. But I just want to say thank you again um, one more time for talking thank to us for like giving me the extra time because I'm <laughs> a crazy day, so I appreciate it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have been looking forward to this for a while, and it's truly a blessing to be able to to chat with you about everything. So thank you again so much. It's it's awesome. Thank you for being and and um, I'm glad you guys have your podcast. I, eventually, I just got my uh, one back from the editor, so I'm going to check it to see if he was able to fix my my issues, and then I can finally go live with my first one. So not hey, oh, love it. it. You've heard it here first. <laughs> um uh and i gotta I, you know i gotta do it i gotta ask if, if you had fun here if you had fun talking to us if cam or connor potentially have like a free Maybe. wednesday coming up <laughs> feel free to throw them our way we'd love to talk to them <laughs> I, I, that, I will tell you this but i have to tell everybody all those requests go through their agent um, oh sure 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 
Well, thank you so much for the insight. And we hope you have a great rest of your night. Thanks. You guys too. Take care and good luck with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's win next week, right? Let's do it. Here we go. Let's go Steelers. Yes. Go Steelers. (laughs) Take care, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye now. Thank you again to Charlotte. That was such a great interview, Chris. What do you think? Uh, Honestly, it was incredible. It was filled with a lot of emotions and just being able to hear her story uh, as well as hearing uh, about her boys from her perspective is just honestly uh, a true, truly great experience. She's a natural. And, and you know, she's got a podcast coming out. You heard it here first. Her first episode should be dropping soon. So after this, go listen to that or... You know what? Quit off this and listen to her right now. <laughs> listen to her <laughs> podcast. Uh, we appreciate her having her on and uh, we'd love to talk to any other parents out there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, if you're a player and you want to talk to us, please do. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to get insight from you. And we're nice Steeler fans. We're logical boys. And speaking of nice Steeler fans, Chris, let's talk about this Browns game. <laughs> uh, at our nicest. At our nicest. Uh, We got the win. We got the dub. We love that. We're going to go through the highlights for you. Last year, Chris and I, we do highlights every week, and we condense them down for Instagram and for TikTok. TikTok? My 50 years old? For TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) We condense them down, and uh, they got a lot of views on Instagram and TikTok because uh, Cleveland, Cleveland Brown fans are not happy with the way we talked about their team. They're not happy with the way we talked about Deshaun and his struggles in the past with the legal system. <laughs> granted, granted, yes. We might be a little bit more mean towards the Browns. Is it warranted? Yes, it is. However, for the people who do watch these videos and they're like, oh, classic Steeler fans, you know, never like begging on themselves like they think they're so perfect that just shows you never listen to it obviously we bag on ourselves way more than any other team all right so just like sit in your corner cry about it if you don't think we bag on our own team please revert back to last week's game against the Niners where Chris and I talked an endless amount about depressing things (laughs) (laughs) If you missed the Steelers win over the Cleveland Browns on Monday night because you were too busy thinking of an excuse to not watch this firework display of offensive powers, (laughs) here are the highlights just for you. First play for Deshaun Frodson and... Oh my gosh, there's massage oil on his hands! It slips through his receiver's hands, through Minka's, and... Alex Heisman says, I'll take that. Something Deshaun is very used to and runs it in for a pick six touchdown. Amazing play by Highsmith. And you know what? Give it up for Deshaun Watson as he continues to be a guaranteed mistake for this so-called team. Watson has the face of a guy who knows he's robbing the Browns and Alex continues to be worth every penny. I love when it all comes together. Oh, but Deshaun will bounce back, right? He's good now, right? Well, sit back and relax in your massage chairs and enjoy the Cleveland Clown Show. We're just getting started. After that great display of athleticism, the Browns are able to put up a measly three points from a kicker they had to sign as they cut the rookie last year. Classic Brown stuff. 
On the Steelers' opposing drive, they find themselves in a third and short situation. This should be very manageable. <sighs> you know what else? You know what is less manageable? Finding the strength to feel anything anymore. Kenny keeps his eyes locked on Pickens and ends up placing it in the hands of Delpit. Thankfully, for our defense understood the assignment as Big Larry tears through his this supposed elite offensive line and sacks Watson for a huge loss. Steelers now facing a third and long. Kenny finds Jalen Warren as he bobs and he weaves up the field just to get stopped short of the first down marker. Great effort, just not enough to keep the drive alive. On the Browns' next drive, what you'll notice here is remarkable. What appears to be a converted fourth down was later challenged and reversed by Tomlin, which brings his career challenge record to 4 and 378. Steelers ball again, unfortunately, and Kenny decides to throw it. To, oh no, not Gunner, please! As he's blasted by Grant Delpit, who had a very good game, and again, the ball slips and slides around until it goes out of bounds inside the 10 yard line. Gunner, who already Tony toe-tapped a kickoff, for God's sake, now blasted off the field tonight and possibly out of a uniform for the rest of the season. Meanwhile, the massage oil has really worked in the Browns' favor this time, as you can see comically bouncing and rolling around in the red zone. Now let me just say while this touchdown happens that I don't care about, that we here at Northern Steel respect the hell out of Nick Chubb. We are so sorry for this horrific injury that happened to him. He does not deserve this freak accident, and we pray that he can recover. Now back to a guy who does deserve injury, Deshaun Watson and the Browns go for two, and they get it, making the score now 11-7 Browns on top in the second quarter. <laughs> Midway through the second quarter, Kenny says to himself, how the are we losing to the Browns as he throws a zippity zip drop put and pop right to a wide open George Pick hymns as he zooms into the end zone for 71 yards. Kenny knowing he has he was about to get hit by a brick wall delivers a beautiful pass and George unleashing his inner dog turns on what I like to call the turbojet McSpeed sauce and absolutely no one can catch him. And all the Browns can do is answer to answer is get a measly whittle field goal. <laughs> Weak. Not Boz though. He whips out his third leg and sails the ball through the uprights. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Steelers up by five. Browns have the ball again and they hand it off to Jerome Ford, who's gonna get tackled for a huge loss, but then psych boy, look how fast I am. Levi Wallace said, oh shit, I have to actually play. And Jerome Ford runs around his ass. Avoiding Minka the best he can, but can't quite escape him as he is tackled at the one-yard line. Two weeks in a row, this defense has been gashed for a giant running play. They may have had the turnovers and the touchdown, but the yards given up and the missed tackles have to improve. Minka gave his best effort in stopping forward and said, I'll keep you out of the end zone no matter what, even if I have to throw up. And he did. A lot. But he made it through, and he'll be okay. But the Browns still end up with a touchdown to SDSU legend Pierre Strong. They go for two, and that slippery snake, he finds his way into the end zone to somehow bring the Browns on top, 22-19. to I'm disgusted to see this boy on my field, and I hope the Steelers can find a way to come back. 
After Watson's second face mask penalty, still putting his hands where they don't belong, David Njoku says at halftime how left out he feels in the game and decides to join the fun and just fumbles the ball with the Steelers forcing yet another turnover. What an embarrassing display, but what a fun way to reap in the benefits. Ref talking saying, oh yeah, he done messed up. Steeler football, everybody. The Browns have the ball looking to run out the clock to put this game away, which means of course they're going to pass. And Deshaun Watson hilariously drops the ball and TJ Watt picks it up for a touchdown. Oh, who is that to tackle Deshaun? That's right, Alex Highsmith. Did I tell you this is episode 56 for a reason? This duo continues to dominate all night. This elite O-line supposedly giving up six sacks and the Steelers with two defensive touchdowns. After a great uh, DP by JPJ, a lot of initials there, the Steelers hold on for the win. 26 to 22 and I couldn't be happier. Well, let's let's take a step back there, Dom. I yeah, could be true. I could be happier. I mean, don't get me wrong, beating the Browns, one of the top 5 best feelings in the whole world. All right? Right behind going to Disney World, all right? And eating a Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. All right? But but let, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into this game, shall we? I mean, it was it was not a pretty thing by any means. No, at all. It was uh, the offense again, atrocious. Uh, the line, the offensive line, terrible. The offensive play line, terrible. Kenny Pickett was not good again. Better than last week, I'll give you that, but not good enough. Really, really, just not good enough. What what really blows my mind, Dom, is the fact that week in and week out, you and I are the sports analyst experts, and I, we have a segment, a little segment, it's called Keys to the Game that we give every single week. And Spoilers. you think you think <laughs> you think they would listen to this, right? Like, uh, yeah, at least maybe take a little bit of our advice. We've been fans for so long; we're practically better than uh, you know Matt Canada at this point. Right. You think so? So, uh, I mean, where did it go wrong? I mean, it's it is everything. It really is. It, the the line couldn't get a single push all night. Uh the play calling in a lot of situations didn't make any sense. Uh, especially you want to talk about the third and one after the Watt touchdown. The Steelers actually got the ball back with a chance to run out the clock and they had a third and one and instead of just lining up an eye formation putting Connor Hayward at fullback since that's supposedly where you want him to play and giving the ball to either Connor or Najee or Jalen or anybody really, and just diving up the middle the best you can, even if it doesn't work, at least that's the play that's supposed to, that's, that, that, that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. Instead, they run a quarterback option. By the time the play develops, the whole Browns D line is in the backfield. And it and can you stop for like a four yard loss? They had negative seven yards in the whole fourth quarter. It's terrible. It was rough. It was honestly a really rough display. And it was hard to watch, honestly, a lot of times of the game just because of how poorly we played. Thank goodness for TJ and Alex Highsmith for uh, scoring touchdowns, scoring more touchdowns in our offense and 
bring us to this game. Offensively, Jalen Warren did well. George Pickens did well. Um, cornerback, still pretty suspect. I'm looking at you, Levi. I'd like to see JPJ getting some some more reps here. Um, inside linebackers did a little bit better. I think the D line held their own for missing out for missing Cam Hayward. Um, but above all, I'll take the win. Love to yeah. the win, but it has to improve. It Bas- has to improve. Yeah, basically, and 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 again, like we said earlier, I uh, never want anybody to get hurt, especially a guy like Nick Chubb, who we respect so much. Um, but after he was out of the game, uh, other than that one long run, which was a big mistake, um, I felt like defense really did a good job of containing anything up the middle. Um, you know, obviously there are a couple, uh, t- there are a lot of missed tackles that it was, it was a big issue that, that I felt happened, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of containment for sure. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I mean, defense was definitely the highlight of this and, and I can't really blame them for the amount of yards and things that we gave up because they were also on the field for 40 of the 60 minutes, you know, like, they got to be exhausted, especially carrying the team on their back. My Lord. Yeah. Um, I already like want to move on from that game. <laughs> to be honest. That's fine. Um, it's uh, I'm glad to get the win, but yeah, a lot of things got to get better this week though. Unfortunately for America, the Steelers are back on primetime and uh, we need to see a lot of changes. They play the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas uh, week three game. It's always big when it's against AFC. You can't lose those games. Those got you got to stay on top of those. And um, I think it's time to set up our next segment, Chris. You're kind of uh, you alluded to already. So why don't you tell the people about our favorite, our next favorite segment? Keys to the game. That's right, baby. It's the keys to the game. How can the Steelers beat the Las Vegas Raiders, who beat the Broncos week one and got smoked by the Bills week two? Boy, do I have it for you. Um, realistically, looking at it and, and judging in the short span, this little uh, you know stat sample that we have within two weeks of playing football, uh, realistically, there's a lot more than three keys to this game that we need to go right for us to win. Uh, and we can't rely solely on defense. Yes, our defense is a huge, huge benefactor to us winning. Uh, and that was clearly evident. Um, but you can't just ride on their backs this whole time, especially with injuries uh, coming on, you know, possibly not being without Minka. Um, that That's huge. Um, so here, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I think Mika uh, will be fine to be honest, I, I but think he, he could be, he could be out. I think he'll be fine too. Obviously he got, uh, discharged from the hospital, but it's still no official word on whether or not he's going to be playing this week. Right. But he, uh, you're, you are correct. They did say he'd be fine in terms of health, I guess, like a chest contusion, but you're right. He could be out this week. So a big key to my game of winning this is establishing a run game. And I mean, playing to the strengths of our running backs. We have an obvious North and South South running back in Najee Harris, and he was visibly frustrated, you know, and, and rightfully so after our offensive line was abysmal yet again, getting absolutely no holes. There was no scheming to our offensive line. 
Uh, and so, but then again, to start the game, what did we do? We ran Najee to the outsides. He's not a lateral guy by any means. That is Jalen Warren to a T. He's fast, shifty, can get out there. If you're going to run those plays, use him. Najee has, has to go north and south, but we have to establish a run game. We have been so pathetic. Uh, Najee, I'm pretty sure, has 73 yards in the in the last two games combined. And, I mean, his average is pretty good, but that's because he's only ran 16 times, which is normally what he gets in a, a half of a football. Or, or a game. A game. Or, or yeah. a game. I mean, a game would be better, but, like, come on, Steelers. This is just pathetic. And this will also help out Kenny in the passing game because Kenny doesn't need to be throwing 30 to 40 times in a game, realistically. You know, he's... He's already getting blitzed like crazy. Um, getting him more confident and maybe like setting up a pass play while establishing the run game is very important. So maybe that can help build his confidence and kind of get him back on a tear again. But so ultimately, a big key to the game is establishing the run game, playing to the strengths of our running backs. Um, you know, Kenny you know, getting into rhythm a little bit. He has had a rough go. Um, he's been inaccurate, uh, bad at leading receivers. Um, a, a key for him is just starting the game off with a couple completions and just letting that ride. Build your confidence back up. We know you can do it. You have good accuracy. We've seen it. And I'm not just talking preseason, baby. I'm talking last year when he led us to, what, a 7 and one seven and two ending i mean technically seven and two but yeah yeah <laughs> I know, technically seven and two so uh, we we know you have the talent and we know a lot of people are doubting you right now so build that confidence get some short passes going in there just some easy completions get more people involved than just the outside guys we have Darnell Washington. We have Pat Fryermuth, who has been silent other than his week one touchdown. So we got to get guys involved. We got to spread the ball around, but we got to, you know, build our confidence up. And to me, those are the biggest keys. Not to mention uh, another week of having a top rated edge rusher coming in with Max Crosby. Uh, he, he's, he's a good player. He's well known. Um, do, do you know what side he lines up on? Is he against Dan Moore again? Is this another Dan Moore competition? I, more, I, I'm not sure. I think he does both. I was going to say, actually, I thought he was more majority Chooks side, uh, kind of like a TJ Watt, but, um, uh, I mean, with the way the line's been playing, it doesn't really matter right now. <laughs> That's yeah, the question. Yeah, absolutely. And so either way, we got to shut him down. Uh, he is by far going to be coming in at us. And, and and honestly, if I was any defense right now, I'd be blitzing the Steelers like crazy because our line just can't pick it up. So um, those are the big things. Uh, you know, cancel out Max Crosby, play to the strengths of our running backs, establish a run game, and get Kenny com- confident. Yeah, I mean, the keys to the game, like you said, it's, it's based on what we've seen these past two weeks, it's offense, offense, offense. Um, you can forget about Matt Canada scheming better. That's not going to happen. It's never no. going to happen. 
the, the when the team plays better, it hides his incompetence. So it, I think it all starts, like you said, with the line. The line play needs to be a lot better. It was supposed to be better this year, and it has not been that way. Granted, the Niners have a good defense, and the Browns have a good defense. I know it's a lame excuse, but it also it's early in the season. You, you know, you've got a long ways to go to get hot, to gel together, but they're not looking good right now, but the line needs to play better. You start there. When the line plays better, like Chris said, you can add in the running game. Then we can start to have a running game a little bit. Najee can go north and south. Jalen's already kind of doing well already. You you have better blocking for him. Who knows what can happen? We the the Steelers, I think, were at one point, man, I don't remember the exact number, but I feel like they were four and four for twelve last night on third downs, and their average amount to the yardage was like eight point eight yards, which is uh horrific. You can't be successful when you're facing a third and long every third down play. You have to be able to get some yardage. So uh, it starts at the line, then it starts with the running game, then it starts, then it goes to Kenny. Because when when Kenny's got a better line, he's a, he's going to be less jittery, less nervous. When Kenny's got a run game, it's not all on his shoulders to throw all the time. It's it's all going to start from there. And those three things, when those happen in that order, it's going to be special. Um, that's what we're looking at here. Obviously. It's a little worrisome with the way the offense has played, the offensive line especially, and the way Kenny has looked in his decision-making and playing. The pick-and-touch-on was a really good play. Uh, there are still some decisions on the looking at the reads. There was a there's a misplay. He threw into the dirt on a pick-and-slant, and the exact same play was ran, like two plays or three plays earlier, where he should have thrown it to Pickens, and he threw it to the running back on the flat. It's called like a pick-a-side play, and... I can't believe they ran the same play in the same drive. I mean, I can't believe it. It's Matt Canada, but that's what I'm talking about. It's his incompetence. His lack of creativity isn't going to change. So the players have to change it themselves. And it starts at the line running game. Kenny, if you want to have some kind of defensive element to this, obviously um, Jimmy Garoppolo has been around the league for a while. He's not a schmuck by any means. Um, so you, you still gotta be able to hold the fort down there. Um, our outside linebackers are going to need to be huge again. Our run defense is going to need to be huge. Josh Jacobs so far has not been having a good year um, based on uh, after having the rushing title last year. But you, but our defense has not been good at stopping the run at all. So you need to get some confidence. You need to slow the run down, make it so that Josh Jacobs is still trying to struggle in week three. And then uh, Devontae Adams. This is a really good job at... Uh, blocking him out and, and taking him out of the game plan last year when they played the Raiders. And it's something you have to do again um, is, is trying to take out Devontae Adams. And if you can do that and stay calm, the, you're going to be a good, you're going to be in for a good surprise as a fan watching this game. However, the Steelers do have bad history playing the Raiders in the away stadium. Granted, most of the time that was in Oakland. This is Las Vegas. Does that mean anything? Probably not. But um, this is usually a game where the Steelers lose, right? Because they're they're playing potentially down to their opponent. Not that I'm looking down on the Raiders. The Steelers do not look good right now. <laughs> but this is the, those type of games. Um, I, I would say it's kind of more of my prediction, motivation, optimism for them to win because they need to win so badly. They need to keep growing and gaining confidence. They need a win. Absolutely. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
LA or Las Vegas is an indoor stadium, correct? It is. Yeah. So, and obviously I, I think he can play in any kind of weather and whatever, but I feel like, especially looking at him last year, Kenny had a really good time both playing in Indianapolis and playing in Atlanta, both indoor stadiums. So hopefully maybe that can uh, help, help out this offense a little bit. There's no weather, uh, you know, going to be affecting the football or anything. So that's going to be huge. Um, uh, something that I really want to see coming into this game, which you'll probably agree with me is I want to see our, you know, not, not so much all of the rookies. Uh, I mean, yes, all of the rookies, I want to see them, uh, get in there, but, um, I, don't know how much I trust Levi Wallace right now. And I, I think he's not playing to the best that we've seen him play. He's kind of been struggling and it was clearly evident last week. The times that JPJ went in there, uh, the the word to describe him that I've seen lately is sticky. And mm. um, I like that. I like that a lot because he has been. He, I mean, even on that last play of the game, you know, even though some people might have argued DPI, I mean, he was... He was, you know, covered that dude. There's a blanket over that receiver. And I think he does a really good job. He he got his first PBU last week. Um, obviously, I think he's gaining some confidence. He wants to get out there. He's hungry. Um, and and I, I honestly think we should give him a chance. Um, hopefully, Levi maybe finds a stride a little bit. Because realistically, uh, yeah. Even even though I was very excited for Pat Peterson, uh, he's also kind of been struggling week one and two. So let's change things up a little bit, move him into the slot, get JPJ on the outside, um, yeah. you know, kind kind of see what we can do, and and maybe uh, we can blanket Devonte Adams this next week and and really take away that aspect of the game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it'd be nice, especially when other rookie quarterbacks around the league are playing and doing well. So it'd be nice to see ours more in action. I would say another thing I'm, I'm looking forward to see, even though we're talking about the line playing better, and I desperately, don't get me wrong, I want the running game to be so much better. I really do. There's something I really want to see, because this will be his 16th start in the NFL, is I need to, I, I'm praying for a multi-touchdown game from Kenny. Really? He hasn't, yeah. had, he hasn't had one yet. It it's showing it's telling all the naysayers and the doubters it's it's giving them legs to keep doing what they're doing, and I'm re- I really need a, a multi touchdown game. Granted, granted, it's the NFL wins are not easy. I'll take a win. Don't get me wrong. You could have no touchdowns. I'll take a win. But I need to, I, I at some point this season I need to see a multi touchdown game. Granted, our offensive coordinator calls of. Uh, four verts at the eight yard line, but right. you know, whatever. Uh, granted, yeah, I would love to see that. Granted, he, we have three good run plays in a row, big run chunk plays, and then lose six yards on a jet sweep. Um, so yeah, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I know that I know the, the crowd was chanting fire Canada, fire Canada. I'm chanting it in my own room when I'm watching the games. I don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, the Steelers don't do that. It's dumb. It's stupid. I know. I hear you. I agree with you. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. If it does happen, obviously, they, they can't sign a new offensive coordinator. Uh, you can't learn a new playbook during the season. That's insane. They should have fired him last year if that's something they do. However, 
Um, maybe this makes it better. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. If you fire Matt Canada, the playbook doesn't change, but the person calling the plays does. So situational play calling, maybe that makes it better because sometimes because the plays aren't creative. But I think what it irritates fans the most is when he calls the plays in the situations that he does. And who's to say that someone else doesn't do a better job at that? I would say probably, but I also say I'll never get the chance to see it because I'm not going to fire him anyways. <laughs> for sure. Uh, anyways, those are the keys to the game. We thank you for listening to this long episode. Before we edit off here, let's do our weekly picks. Chris, I had a lot of pretty bad picks last week, so I'm looking to try to do some catch up right now. Uh, let's go through our games real fast, and then we'll sign off out of here. Let's do it. Thursday night, Giants against the Niners at Niners. Niners, not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> Falcons at Lions. Oh, God. I, I mean, I'm going to go Lions being that they're at home, but Falcons were looking pretty good. Um, My thing with the Falcons is I don't think they look well. I'm, I know they beat the Packers. I don't know. I'm not a Falcon truther yet. I know they are. I'm not a Falcon truther yet. They beat the Panthers week one. I don't care. Um, I'm not a Falcon truther yet. So I'm going to go Lions. Uh, if Falcons start to keep racking off wins, I'll believe in them. I really will. But uh, I think this happened last year with the Seahawks. <laughs> I wasn't a Seahawk truther until, until they started racking off more wins. That's kind of how I feel about the Falcons right now. Um, I'll take Lions. This is a tough one. Chargers at Vikes. Both 0-2 teams. Both terrible defenses. Absolutely atrocious defenses. Uh, skip. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I, Vikings, I guess. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too in the guess, I guess. I'm going to also go with Vikings, <laughs> I guess. Um, Saints at Packers. Packers. Yeah, again, another 2-0 team that I just don't really believe in yet. They're not 2-0. They the Ti- yes, they are. No, they, they beat lost. The Ti- no, they did not. They beat the Titans. Week are, we one. Ta- are we talking about Packers? Saints. Oh, I, sorry. Saints I are ta- 2-0. Oh, I said Packers, and then you were like, I know, yeah, 2-0 but I, team. But was, well, uh, that is the matchup. So as the Saints are a 2-0 team, another team I don't believe in, I'm also taking the Packers. Yeah, I don't believe in the Saints. Uh, Texans at Jags. I would imagine the Jags, even though it is a divisional matchup. And CJ Stroud has a lot of promise, but the team's just not there yet. So Jaguars. He's got no offensive line and no weapons. So yeah, Jags. Uh, Broncos at Dolphins. Dolphins. Uh, Russ, surprisingly, playing a lot better this year. I'm almost thinking about getting him back in fantasy. Uh, might be a bad decision. But... Their defense, not good. Dolphins, uh, one of the only undefeated teams in the AFC. So, yeah, Dolphins. Titans at Browns. I really don't know how the Titans have a win this year, but they do. So, <laughs> I I hope the Titans. I'm probably going to say the Browns, but I hope the Titans. I mean, I agree. I'm going to say the Browns. Um at home, I'm gonna say Cleveland. I, I, I mean, you just heard us 
if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, you've heard us. You heard us bash Deshaun Watson. Um, he's playing bad. He's not playing good. Baker is outperforming this year. But if there is any game for him to get back on the horse, it could be this one. The Titans are bottom five in pass yards allowed so far in the NFL NFL season. So uh, could he play better this week? He definitely could. Uh, but if he sucks again, that's real unfortunate. I feel really bad for you, but not really. Um, Next is Bills at Commanders. Good game. That is a good game, and I feel like it is a very possible game for the Bills to lose. So I'm going Commanders. I'm going to go Bills, but I agree with you 100%. And I'm going Bills because I took a lot of gambles last week and it did not pay off. <laughs> so I'm going to go Bills. Uh, Colts at Ravens. Ravens. Yeesh. Yeah. Do they Have they played a hard opponent yet? Well, I guess they played the Bengals last week. Have they played a hard opponent yet? For real. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the other only undefeated team in the AFC. I'm also going Ravens. Patriots at Jets. Uh, Patriots. I'm going to go. It just sucks, man. Um, it sucks that I just have no faith in the Jets at all anymore. I yeah, was projecting that... them. I was projecting them to have like 10 or 11 wins. But was the way Zach Wilson plays, I just don't have any faith. I know their defense is good. I know that they could have a run, get run game, but uh, I, I just have no faith in them. So, yeah, Almost I like, like Patriots as well. well. Yeah, but when Aaron Rodgers was in the game, you called it. <laughs> Doesn't count. Yeah, it's, I'm going Patriots. Uh, Panthers at Seahawks. Seahawks. Sure is. Did you read the report that they don't, they don't want to give Bryce Young a quarterback sneak because he's too small? Anyways... <laughs> Chiefs at Bears or uh, Bears at Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, sorry, Bears. Cowboys at Cardinals. Cowboys. Golly. Cowboys look like a powerhouse this year. Cowboys are going to score 40 points three weeks in a row. Golly. Cow- uh, Steelers at Raiders. Steelers, baby. I got to go. I'm going Steelers too. And then two Monday night games again. What is up with that? Eagles at Bucks. Oh, I was literally earlier thinking how I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride the Bucks until they lose. I can't pick them. <laughs> uh, Eagles. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very enticing, just like the Bills and Commanders, it's a very enticing upset win to pick the Bucks. I'm going to go Eagles as well. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and to be fair, the Bucks haven't really played a good defense yet, and the Eagles have one. So... Uh, Rams at Bengals. This is a tricky one that we're calling right now on a Tuesday because I don't know if Joe Burrow's playing in this game. But Super Bowl rematch, the- and I'm going to go with the uh, same outcome, Rams. I think I am too because I don't know if Burrow's going to play. So I also think I'm going to go with Rams, and they're looking good, unfortunately, because I chalked it up to an easy dub for us this year, and it does not look that way right now. <laughs> nope. Um. That will be, that's the rest of the picks. That's all the picks right there. Uh, that will be the end of the Northern Steel podcast. Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, if you'd like to follow us, you can do so on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, X, um, uh, Groupon, Pizza Hut, Rewards Program, and um, any, and any college of your choosing, .edu. Uh, Chris, you have any words? Any last words for the people? 
go Steelers. <gasps> go Steelers indeed. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.